what kind of mood do you have to be in to do art? Um, for me, it's, it's interesting because um, if I get inspired, I got like this unlimited fuel to just go. And it's best to, to create once that um, passion and inspiration is there. Uh, other than that, it seems the longer I wait from that moment of inspiration, it takes longer to like draw myself back into it. But when I do like get back into it from those breaks, I feel this challenge of like wanting to have all the time just to focus on just that one thing. And if there's any distractions, it really pulls me in, in like other ways, unfortunately. But it's a, uh, yeah, it's almost like a, a random inspiration of a fuel that kind of burns and it really ignites and it has to be like, okay, let's go. Mm, so the conditions have to be right. For me, they, they have to be pretty like, uh, like driven by that inspiration and just that want to either like create for just the reason of the moment or to um, reflect on something that was discussed or, you know, um, create for someone, uh, you know, just because I, I seem to be able to um, create from my heart rather than in a production mindset a lot easier as well. So if I'm like, okay, you got to do this you know, a hundred times the same way to make some money, it's probably not going to go so well. Mm, so it has to be a personal thing from inside for you. It always has been a, a, an ex escape or release, you know, something I can just um, get my expression out into the world. So I never thought it as anything except that. So it's challenging to be like, okay, now that you're you know, older and you want money and, and live and survive, how do you do that? Which I think a lot of artists struggle with is a, the marketing part of art is that this is expression of who we are. How do we make that gap happen, right? That bridge. When you see everyone's like, oh, you're so good. You should go do this and that. It's like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I don't know how to do this or that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. It's not that easy. <laughs> sometimes, it's, yeah, sometimes it's not. But with everything, I think just dedication and just focus and, you know, learning and whatnot will help. But it's it's a lot more grueling. <laughs> it's like I don't know, <laughs> doing something you have no idea about or you don't really have interest in, but you know that it will potentially get you success, but you can't see that yet. It's it's, it's that's challenging, right? Yeah. What do you so, mean not have interest in? Well, like let's say, you know, like gotta make a social media um, presence and maintain that, and that's another job by itself that kind of sometimes takes away from the art. Um, that whole grind, that whole new grind, essentially, of like um, being out there, being present, being seen. Yeah, so, you, you're used to making the art, not the other side things that come come with marketing that art. Yeah, but it's nowadays artists have to like do their best to gain those skills to even be acknowledged. Oh. <laughs> other than it's just oh, it's just a hobby for you then. You know, yeah. So, strictly speaking about art, what have you learned since you've started? Um, I thought that using reference was a bad thing, and then I realized over time it's the best thing you could do. The best thing you could do is just to look at anything. Just even if you're watching a show or a movie, you like that that moment. Pause it. Pause it and draw it. You know, just to draw, just to capture the moments. They, the director already has a vision. It's already been through a process professionally and to be like, why does this, this scene matter? Um, take that in, you know. Take in all parts of that scene and try to just replicate that and just move on. And take the time you need to create that as best you can um, because it's a slow process to observe and then kind of, you know, get that on paper without... You know, the frustrations of, do you know your light, your shadowy values, <laughs> perspective? <laughs> and how is that going to rack your mind if you can't get that right as you're doing it? But it's all just practice. It's all just a lot of practice. And to scribble, like I used to just um, have a scribble game. You just scribble anything on the piece of paper, and then you just create from what you see. You can rotate the paper in all ways, but if you see something in it, um, draw that. It doesn't have to follow the lines at all, but try to find something. Make your mind see something through the random, and then create from there. Oh, so before, you used to think you didn't need to do reference. Um, before I was like, I was, 
wanting to be original and not wanting to like take from others and copy from others. So I was more so like, this is from my mind and blah, blah, blah. But in, I think we all kind of borrow from others anyways. Um, but I didn't want to be just copying or tracing that kind of thing. But those skills, if I were to do that, would have gained me a, a lot more, probably a faster approach when it comes to the building blocks and the tools to creating things from your mind anyways. Because if you're, if you're drawing the grades, if you're copying the grades, well, they put the time in. So then you can follow those rules faster and quicker. Why is this move this way? You know, um, only until like, I guess in my teens or so, I started realizing, okay, most things on the body have like, they, it rounds a bit. <laughs> it doesn't just go straight. And that's most parts of the body. They, they taper and flare. So, um, and you can see artists now using those methods, these taper flare methods to just build bodies and, and shapes, uh, movement, motion faster from that. And it's just things I didn't realize until later on to try to look into and just copy others and be okay with that. But it's something that, um, thankfully we now have like YouTube to go to and just basically absorb all the knowledge from these other people, right? And we can watch them do it. And it's also very handy to, to watch the greats do what they do and just copy it as they're doing it. Watch them do a bit, stop it, copy what they're doing. You know, Give your time to absorb what they're doing and copy what they're doing and be as present as you can while you're doing that. Don't just, okay, line with that way, line with that way. Like, why, why is this happening? What's going on here? How is he building this shape? How is this picture? being brought up from the composition, from everything that's being involved, because they got a lot of thought process that they're going through when they do this. They may even explain this to you, but to pay attention to these things, because they will help you when you're doing it by yourself, just to create something from nothing, to be able to block those things out, rise them up, you know, give proper um, atmosphere, emotion, and presence to your drawings, your illustrations, or whichever art that you're choosing to create. You can do so better once you've had time to observe the natural world and the greats around you um, and then work from what they brought to the table. And you will always kind of mold your own way, regardless of how much you're going to be influenced by someone else. This is how we are. We just put our own touch to everything. As long as you're not like taking piece by piece and just copying and copying and copying, you're like, yeah, this is like, this is my Mickey, my Nicky, Nick, Nicky Mouse, you know, like, no. So you have to give yourself some time to work on your own style as well. But that just comes within time. Oh. So just taking moments to learn, take a break to then work on what your mind can create and then create that without maybe anything that's going to influence that. And then take another time, take more time to take that image, what you have, and then use reference and then use, you know, something that, how how do I get it from where it should be to where I thought my mind was already good at it, but then see, oh, wow, okay, maybe my foreshortening here was not as good as it could have been, you know, because your mind's not fully filling in those pieces, but once you go to the reference and stuff, you can kind of build on those mistakes you had and just help your mind bridge those gaps to how you want to proceed going forward to get something that's more real and in motion. Yeah, so the reference seems to just give you that baseline but over time, as you're trying to recreate that reference photo or that reference image, you actually start to intuitively know, hey, where does that shadow come from? Where's the light? How do I weight this? How do I compose this image? Yeah, you start to be like a director of the, you know, the thing you're trying to create. And once you do that, well, you're doing that anyways, right? You're just creating something from nothing. So and maybe you have others to help you when it comes to larger projects. But in the essence, you're still kind of trying to make something that's um, magical or, or whatnot, draws the eye. <laughs> yeah, something that has feeling. that, you can't describe factor in it. Mm -hmm. So when you were talking about the human body, it has curves, it has flares. How did you find out that it wasn't just straight? I think just when, you, when you're drawing, just initially, even with figures and stuff, especially when you're not using um references or whatnot if you just go up like oh, i watched a couple cartoons away i go um it's very angular <laughs> <laughs> so i think that um has a lot to do with it and then also your 
inspiration from what artists you're like you know you're taking from so if you have more of a classical marvel type approach to your your art you're probably going to take more um consideration to where your blacks are right uh, how is uh, anatomically correct because there's lots of a uh, shadow within that to especially in the older comics there's a lot of darks just to kind of make things pop a bit more to render it a lot better to make everything beefier but if you see now if you take like um uh, you know something from the cartoon network it's very much like maybe three colors for this for different shades and it's very simple because it's easier to animate i think too by doing that so we find you have still art that can be really defined and, and amazing those like pieces where you see just like an awesome poster which you can tell this many 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 hours have been taken to, to create it versus something simple that is now moving in motion so there's different approaches this is save time even when it comes to what you want to do with the art you know what, what are you trying to are you trying to um, create something that has life and movement in motion or do you want um, to work on the technical aspects of the the image right what's the technical aspect of an image well just bring you just the more you can put your your you know the light the the rendering um how well you understand the body um all those skills you can build up to create a more believable image versus something that's obviously just like quick and easy through the mind that's just loosely you know grasping at what the what the image is doing or what the you know it should be looking like versus what it actually would look like in life and that's just the different styles and that's pretty much styles right there you know so when you look at a technical image, does it look more similar to life, or what do you mean? Um, well, you you can just take different styles. Like if you see like um like a Conan Barbarian poster from the '80s, some painter, some illustrator took a lot of time to make that. But then we look at um you know Teen Titans type stuff, right? Very very simple, super smooth. There's not a lot of shadow, and the shadows don't have uh they don't have a gradient to it. Yeah, there's, well, there's, yeah, it's very very simple. Because you're getting different things out of those two different images, right? With the the Conan type thing, you'd have like this is for marketing purposes, and then the the more smoother animation that's for entertainment purposes, purposes, right? So you can spend more time in different areas for those reasons, because one does take longer, but at the same time, a simple piece of marketing art would take also a good amount of time. But it's, they want it to be impactful because that's what's drawing you to that piece of entertainment. So if that if that Conan Barbarian poster wasn't badass, it might not draw as many people in to see the entertainment, right? So there's that as well. Right, because it's a single image <clears throat> versus this moving picture right. on the screen that can, it, it gives you more allowances then. Right, yeah. Is this where you're taking the time um, where you need to cut corners, where don't you need to cut corners, you know? Because there's, there's everything when it comes to when you have something in your mind that you want to create how much time do you have for that versus what's really realistic which is also can be can be challenging being able to um understand the time it might take to get things done is sometimes like twice or thrice fold in in actuality from what the, the person the artist maybe even Think based on their their skill level, their confidence, the time they can take. You know, a lot of different factors of like are things lining up when it comes to I can sit down and focus and get things done. Distractions, all these things nowadays are pulling away from the peacefulness that we kind of would, would take to get into our art. But because it's a mentally draining task to create, it's can be challenging to to get to the right mindset and the right environment and atmosphere to, to do this properly what's your correct atmosphere that you need uh typically i just like to have some music going and just have kind of earphones in and everything plugged out and no expectations of me and kind of just do that and kind of shut off and away you go so focus but low pressure yeah yeah i can't have many outside pressures the, the art itself is a pressure <laughs> 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 looking back at your previous artwork how do you feel about it compared to the stuff of the present uh you just yeah i can see that i've grown but also too like 
different ideas and different maybe styles I've used in the past. They've changed. Um, but I just like to be as open as I can when it comes to expression regardless, but I still have like more of a flowy cartoony style, but you know, I like to like, I was able to just, you know, press play and copy a still. It took me a bit, but I was able to get that done. That was a nicely rendered drawing that took a while, but it was super fulfilling and fun because it was all focused on me looking at what was in front of my face and drawing it as I saw it. And I had to re I had to erase a good portion of it a few times just to get it right again because my mind's filling in places. It, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, maybe my um, pressure for the pencil was a bit different and that kind of changed over time. The way I was kind of doing texture and stuff to get things done had changed through the days I was doing the piece. So when I first started, I had to go back to the, f the first area and just erase entirely because it wasn't even matching anything else I was drawing anymore. So, but luckily it was digital, but I was able to do that easily. Um, but it was still just pencil, the, the pencil tool and away I went, so. So you actually, you have to be consistent yourself when you're working on a piece. Yeah. And you might find yourself as you do it, you might find you're just evolving, getting better, understanding it more. And you might have to come back to when you first started and you're like, what am I doing? Okay, here we go, let's just do whatever. You know, and that's another thing too, like when people are blocking out the in image, how are they doing that? Was that done properly? I've never really approached that process before, so I was just kind of winging it. What's blocking out? Let's say the character and just quickly chunk them out. And don't put much detail into it. Just chunk them out and, and build what you need to be based on what you're kind of taking your image reference from and then kind of building up from there, um, adding simple like different variants in, in, t in value and just kind of building building up in that sense. It seems to me what I see is a lot of painters do that. It's it's magical to watch. I'm still, my mind kind of breaks when I watch it because I'm like, well, oh, I guess that works. That works. <laughs> Clearly, like, I I'm like, wow, what, what well, brushes are you using? I don't know. It's, it's, it's all sped up. So it's like, it's awesome to watch. But just in that alone, as you're watching it, like if you slow it down to your level, um, can you watch these professionals do a little bit? Can you stop it? Can you just mentally think, what were they doing? What brushes can I use? Because a lot of things are going digital nowadays, so there's no excuse why anybody can't just pick up and paint, really. It can be done, no mess, if you have a tablet, you know? So it's it's very easy to get yourself into any kind of digital art if you have a stylus is a really good thing to have, and then a tablet or an iPad, et cetera, to kind of use that with, right? When did you transition from paper and pencil to digital? Around 2017-ish. 2018 but I was um I was always doing like my roughs in paper first and then what you can do if you do a good rough you can take a picture of that rough import it into your program and then kind of build use that as your, your rough building block and go from there if you want right and that also helps a bit because you're still doing the um the traditional aspect of the art which I, I think does a lot for the brain to have something that they can hold on to, they can look at, you can see, you can mess around with. Um, you have to be very cautious of where you're putting your lines because to press backspace or like, you know, erase it quickly is not something you can e easily do without damaging the image possibly. So just a different process of that, but being loose and fluent with a pencil just to get something down, which I would do all the time for just comic I was doing before. So it was, something I utilized and I like going from traditional to digital and then using the traditional or the digital uh, powerhouse, the tools that, that I had there to really make work a lot easier and adapt and try things I wouldn't have touched in the past, which typically was color. I, was, I used to just do a lot of graphic pencil um, illustrations and stuff. And then by having the tablet, you just, you add color instantly. It's just really, really easy. So. Hmm. So you can actually try out a color, see if it works. Yeah, yeah. You can just add color to your your images where you didn't have color prior. Um, you can do a lot of interesting things. I've seen a lot of people do a lot of interesting things. If you can take a black and white image and you can convert that grayscale image into color, um, just by you know paying attention to your values and then where you want to add color, it, it makes it a lot easier when you're going to be adding your shading and stuff. It just there's a lot of interesting ways to approach it nowadays that a lot more, um, you know, 
seasoned artists have used and I've seen from them. What do you mean by values? Um, your, your gradients, right? So how dark something is. So you need to maintain um, consistency of that because if you don't have proper values, if it's all just a muddy mess, it just kind of looks very similar and nothing really pops out. So you have to be cautious of that, and it's it's tricky because when you're doing color, you know you don't always know have I put too much of the same color in here. But if you do a quick grayscale check, you can see your values, and you go, okay, this is actually you know a lot more the same than I realized. Oh, so it's imperceivable to our eye to know what values of colors they used or how dark a color is. No, no, they can, but you just sometimes when you're first doing this um, to check your values. You don't always realize, oh, okay, I, I could have went darker, you know. And that's probably most people, I would say, that's probably myself not really painting or using color a lot. So I haven't really branched out that far or um, gained that knowledge as I do it more. But from doing that quick check, you can see that, okay, the values maybe need to be more... Um, drastic in contrast it maybe makes things pop more and maybe not it, it, it depends but it seems that if you have um a good array of value it does make for a more outstanding piece oh so in the beginning you would go too light on the color it's almost like too much like too many of my colors were too similar um so they when they did the, the grayscale check it would just be like a grayish blob instead of like pieces like if you took the image further away you can also you can still see it you can see what that is okay that's like a dude standing on a mountain but mine would be like oh yeah it's a blob with a blob you know it's just there was too much maybe going on and that's something you can do too maybe you just add too much to the, to the image maybe you take it away maybe you need to just um so let's let's go with an yeah. example of an apple you have you threw it grayscale what would you see on that and how would you correct it? Well, when you have, when you go from like your, your colors to grayscale and you see that it's maybe too muddy, then you need to go, when you go back in your colors, you go, like, okay, maybe I need to put like some more darks around this area. You know, we just add a, a darker hue to this part of the apple or add a lighter hue over here. Um, maybe I need to add more, just more rich darks for that shadow just so that when, I, I pop it back in the grayscale. I can see the difference in, in value and tone that way. Oh, so you can actually see the contrast between the shadow and the redness of the apple? Once you once you pop it into um, color again and then back to grayscale, and then if you're like taking away, like zooming out, and the smaller the image gets, it should still be definable as this is an apple. So as you zoom in, it's just it's going to be like more definable, but then popping into your, uh, your color, that's just going to help you to find that you do have a, a decent, um, value understanding and contrast within your image. That's going to be more appealing typically. Oh, so that no matter what size that image is, it clicks. That's an apple. Yeah. And, and with the colors too. So, and, and you'll see like, if you do painting, if you do like, um, if, especially with the digital part of it, because you can quickly jump into grayscale, you can just quickly kind of see this as a tool just to gauge where your values are at. So there's little tips and tricks that you can do nowadays when it comes to uh, the digital aspect of things, like with using layers and stuff within your digital apps and whatnot to draw and, and stuff like this, like being able to just like quickly sketch something and then put another layer on top of that and it's, you know, now make it tighter and so forth and add color on top of that layer. So that if you mess up on the bottom layer, your line layer isn't ever messed up. So you're always adding layer on layer on layer, um, which helps a lot as well. Oh, so that's one of the advantages of the digital is you can, there's an undo, but also you can add a layer, subtract it, and then, oh, that doesn't look good. And you can add it again and you it's easy to compare. Yeah, well, you can add layers too and take layers away where you would have to be very cautious and when you approach that, when you're painting traditionally, you know, you, you just... If you messed up, you messed up, but it's a lot more simpler to uh, quickly just jump back than not. Yeah. But there's, there's a, with that, there's a, there's a flowy type of like, oh, whichever, 
right? When you're really doing things traditionally all the time, you're a master at what you're observing. You're a master at making sure what you see in your mind will be reflected on that piece. So you're trusting a lot more on those um, skills you have. And while you can look at references and stuff to gain that, I think that people who use uh, that observation kind of like skill set when it comes to art, they just can piece things together a lot easily because they're so observant of the natural world. So it's like, okay, if the, if, this, if the sun was over here, how would that reflect on what I'm looking at right now, you know? So, and they can just piece that together in their mind. It, yeah, over time, it'll, it'll take, take time, but it'll happen. Um, and that's just all with just observing, right? So getting your visual memory and the, basically your data bank of, of reference that you can pull from to um, just be as big as possible. So and then, how, how do you view the world then? Well, it's just, if you're going to create a piece, if you're taking inspiration from something, just observe in great detail and give that the time it's necessary to allow that piece to represent itself with the skill that you have to bring that to life. So that's why people are always working on their fundamentals, right? You know, their, their light shadow, their, their composition, um, a lot of anatomy, perspective, these things, like... You, you can't go forward without having those things. Like they're, they're necessary to become a great artist, a great craftsman of, of the world, of the visionary arts, right? So you need light and shadow, perspective, anatomy. And what was the other one? Um, your com- composition of, oh, the, of composition. the piece. You know, so... So composition is where things lay in there? Yeah. The light and shadow, clearly light and shadow. And what's the, what's the anatomy? What are we talking about here? Well, when you have anatomy for just like any living being, if you if you can't draw that properly, if you can't put you know the muscles, the mass, and the bones, which is challenging to think of and even do because it takes a lot of like depth and understanding of how things move, then if you try to do anything with them, you can sometimes get away with just doing still images. But if you want to make that move at all, and you don't understand that, then it's gonna be challenging to for the, that piece to be as, as clear as it can be. Oh, because something just won't look right. Yeah. And depending on what you, what you want to get across, maybe you don't want it to look right, maybe it can be look goofy. But, you know, you can see the old, the old cartoons. They're just all rubber bands everywhere, right? So. What do you mean? The, what, rubber like, bands? Like, the arms look like rubber bands. Oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> pop on, you know everything's like, it's just super, super loose. But it's fun. It's fun, but it's loose. And those guys ripped up those animations really quick, like fast. They didn't have, it's just nonstop machines, those guys. Oh, interesting. So so back then, the reason that it wasn't complex is they had to do it in mass quantities. Well, it was, it was quick. Timelines were pretty steady. So, and that's just how, the, how it is still. <laughs> I mean, crunches never really stopped when it comes to art because... That's the hardest thing with, with art and money is like, if you have investors, it's like, it's, if you don't have people who understand the process, they typically want the process done now. And it's like, well, why isn't it done yet? Well, come on, get moving. I'm working hard. Why aren't you? (laughs) All right. What's the process? You know, you typically want to have some kind of outline of what you want to approach to that. And with things, it's typically, okay, what's, what's uh, the medium you're using? What's the, um, the tone and what's it for? And then, you know, going from there, gathering reference materials to make sure that what you're, you're creating is as accurate as possible, as believable, you know, because you can have different styles and depending on what, what kind of style you want. And that's another thing too, is drawing from, someone's imagination if it comes to be like a uh, a piece that's going to be um, for commission right not so it's, it's similar in a way of a tattoo artist like okay what do you what do you want right you you have to draw from their mind what they want and hope that what your vision is for them is their vision too <laughs> oh so that's that's always challenging to be like i mean while people say um oh you're an artist just do it that's all good and well, but to have some kind of understanding what that person wants, then that's going to be easier. But then again, 
some artists, they take that away entirely. They say, this is who I am. You get what I give you. And it's almost to a point where I think those artists are in a place of their life where like they're well known. You go in them because they have something already done. You already know their style and you like it. Yeah. 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 So that's, I think the difference between those who just do what they do just to do it and gain a popular backing from that and whether it helps them monetarily or not. I'm not sure if it's their purpose anyways. It's like, if this works, awesome. You you respect me for what I do and who I am, but it's not really why I do it. And then there's who are wanting to do it and make something. So they're like out there in the world, I'm an artist, I can do this, come to me and I'll do it for you. Yeah, there's there's pros and cons with both those oh, approaches, so, I think. So you're saying some artists do the art just to do art. And mm-hmm. then there's, there are some others that do art, but hey, maybe I can get compensated for this if I can reproduce something that you want yeah and that might be where the the professional working professional versus the hobbyist who becomes a professional maybe might be the different roads you know because there's certain people who are just they continue just working on their craft knocking out of the park and maybe they have a certain self themselves that they work on that they don't push or budge for anyone because they can't maybe even do that. Maybe they can't process their minds in the way that other people want to have visions created on, on their behalf. Maybe it's like, can't be done. I just don't work that way. And other people are like, I've been copying things forever. I, I love copying people. I love taking from people and making awesome fan art pictures for everything. You know, those people, they're very good at just adapting to what's asked of them. But then you have others who maybe can't do that because it's not why they're there. It's not why they exist. This is something that you are gaining from them because of the essence of who they are as an artist versus what they're trying to be as artists for those around them. Oh, yeah. When you're doing a commission, how much communication is involved between the person who's hiring you? I find that I like to um, get as much information as possible and be around the person um, so I can almost be amped up by what we're talking about, what we're doing. And then having that maintained, like, you know, as much as possible, just to keep things creatively flowing is what I've found in the past of what I was doing. And, and that kept things going really well because I like that. Once I get like amped up, oh yes, like I, I like I'm fueled like a fire. It's it's pretty it can be damaging to other things around me. <laughs> <laughs> you you can throw your life a little out of balance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's the it's the best, you know, having that energy to do that is it's awesome. It's, it's such a pain to have to be drawn away from it. But that's, you know, my challenge. My challenge is that. So I find best to get a clear vision from uh, the, the person I'm getting the commission from as much as possible and then have like touch points every now and then just to make sure on the same page going forward because you don't want to do too much. And then, oh, you know, that's not what I want. I saw, I was thinking this instead. Now all that work is now for nothing, right? You'll work a little bit and you'll show them and see if this is the right direction. Yeah, I like to, to go that approach. What have you learned from doing commissions for people? I've learned that it takes longer than I think it takes. Like, I don't know, as I'm doing it, there's lots of doubt. And then there's lots of like successes that happen throughout the throughout these commissions typically like oh I, I have these great like ideas in the mind like that should be right there on the paper going to it taking time oh does it look right or is it like is a perspective off oh no did I, just, did I make a simple error with not building up my you know perspective principle enough or the building blocks to gain that knowledge and apply that to everywhere because to be an artist you have to build in all these areas and it's not always exciting to just to do that is like mind numbing sometimes to make sure that something's lined up to the eye, no matter where you're looking at it. And it doesn't feel like it's jutting off or messed up or whatnot, because it can easily get, get away on you. So but that's you're, just so uh, you're looking for perfection when you're placing an item to compose this image. Well, not not so much, but just understanding that when I do when I go to compose an image and going from the idea in my mind to the composition that, um, you know, all these 
these factors are in play that it makes that the picture isn't skewed or muddy in a way where you can still follow it. You don't, your eyes are drawn to a weird little error or whatnot that uh, you might have forgotten to take care of. And it's just small things. Working through all that, it's little like challenges that you have to overcome. You get to the walls, you have to like, okay, I need to work on this more. Maybe it's a texture thing. You haven't done textures before. <laughs> you know, certain small things you don't even realize that you haven't really done a lot of before you even accept certain things. Like, yeah, sure, I can bang that out. <laughs> like, oh, I really haven't done that before. <laughs> and then you got to now go and like do that thing to, to make sure that it's believable when it comes to, you know, what you're trying to uh, create for the other person there. So there's little complexities in something that a non-artist might think is quite simple. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Yeah, potentially you could be like, oh, well, just have it that way. And it's like, when you have it that way, it's... It's the weird thing of too, like when you look at um, old games versus new games, or just like maybe different approaches when it comes to details and stuff like this. Um, we're like, oh yeah, Mario was an awesome game for the 64. I love it. And you look at it now, you're like, ooh, potato. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you look at Mario now, you're like, oh, that's really shiny. But um, there's that too, like, you know, the approach of like the rendering of the, of the art as well. So like that, the style. Um, and all of that. So small, small things that all kind of are combined to add up to make sure that the image presented is, can be timeless, essentially, right? Okay. So what you're saying before, the Mario, you can tell, hey, that's from a different period mm -hmm. compared to something that would be timeless. Right. Yeah, you can see the, the difference in the, the graphical leap of, of those um, mediums. But if, you, if you're doing something from like, and this could be said in, in, a, in an artist's career as well. Like, you look at my pieces from years back. Like, oh, it's potatoes, right? But then now, as, as you see the artists grow and they, they work more and they improve. They, hold on, hold on. So when you say potatoes, that's what, what like does it, that mean it, in the art world here? No, no, it's just like in general, just um, when I say like, you know, like potato, it just doesn't look very good. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought when you were talking about Mario potatoes, that that went right over my head. Oh does no! He, like, does he look puffy? What's going on? Yeah, it's just like you know, it's not. It's all the sixty-four graphics, right? So you don't have all the power there, so it's all angular and stuff and HD now as nowadays. Essentially, like it's it's way better now because they got more graphic power and they can render it differently. It's it's just it looks way smoother. It looks beautiful, right? It looks the way, and when you think of Mario back then, you believe it to be as good as it is now. Like, oh, it's it's awesome. But when you look back at it, you're like, oh, it wasn't that wasn't that good. <laughs> but the mind fills in so much of the empty empty spaces of like the the missing pieces, and it makes it just makes things beautiful in the memory. It doesn't. It just seems to do that. Oh, so your brain renders it at a higher definition. It seems to. What I've notice is that when I go look back at things I used to like or enjoy, I'm like, whoa, why, 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 why am I boasting about this? Like, this is not good. Because <laughs> <laughs> your brain filled in the pieces. Mm. Yeah. How do you know when you're done a piece? Um, you have to kind of just be done. You have to, <laughs> you have to sometimes just be okay with it all and just, okay, it's, it's now finished. Working for myself just to grow, it's like, okay, this is probably enough. You know, get to a place where it's like you felt that you've gained some skill and then move on to the next piece so you're, you're not so exhausted or drained from trying to complete the first task, which could be a lot of like working on, you know, values and, and composition and stuff like this and maybe like just textures and how things look, which may take a lot of time. But over time, it could be not as motivating or inspiring as it once was, which you want to kind of do something which is challenging too when it comes to get to a place where like you're in the middle of a piece and like okay it looks good i can see where it's going but it's just taxing and it's it's challenging to do that too because that's what i think with projects it's like okay how to stay motivated with just the project at hand in in general you know um and i think that with myself anyway it's just being able to like have time and say this is happening now this is a dedicated you know away we are um, and not have any distractions. And when the distractions happen, it's it's challenging. And for myself, um, when it comes to distractions, unfortunately, I realized uh, I not not realized. But I found out a couple of years ago. I, I got diagnosed with ADHD. So it's like um, it's been interesting having having that. And I don't take medication though. 
because I did and it wasn't working the best. So I then kind of stopped that and try to manage the best I can when it comes to a lot of that stuff. How did you know it wasn't working? Oh, it was probably working too well. I just got <laughs> side effects that weren't the best. Um, so, well, it wasn't working as I wanted to, but I mean, the f- areas of where it was increasing focus was not beneficial in any way. It was like, it wasn't the best. So, I gotcha. Yeah. And then, so now what techniques have you been using to stay focused or to bring yourself back when something distracts you? Have to like back into the whole going with the music and having the world cut off, you know, and and doing that. And, and sometimes too, it's been environment and atmosphere and, you know, what's around you. That's, I think, always going to be a huge thing artists need to focus on is their surroundings, how well they can create in the space that they're trying to create in. Because once again, distractions being everywhere, not just myself and my own illogical fun. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's hard just to be like, here we are, you know, to a special kind of person and be like, I'm focusing for hours until this is done. Um, and it is very taxing on the mind. Yeah. And, but if the, the artist can keep that like balance of like energy and inspiration and drive to continue on the task at hand, it's almost like it's limitless, which is great. Like the energy that there is there, it's like limitless. And it's like, okay, where we are. Mm. Like I used to be told from, you know, the old roommate, okay, get to bed. It's like two. I'm like, I'm still going. <laughs> <laughs> What's the longest you've worked on one piece continuously? The longest one piece continuously? Um, yeah, it's probably, yeah, 10 to 12 hours probably. Just kind of working things out and getting it going over. And that's the thing too. I'm very... When it comes to time and my process, my mind is like always almost building it before I do it. It's it's really weird. So there's a lot of analyzing that I do and that might hold me back, but I think that it helps me get to where I need to get without being too challenged by confidence that might not be there. If I can see what's being done, if I can visualize, then it's like easier for me to tackle that that will happen in, in that process, in that, in that way, where you can either write down the list of like how it should be done, but just work through in the mind of like, this is what I need to do to get there, and then do those things. And those pieces sometimes just take longer, and then you break down within those pieces, different processes of completing it, and it just the analyzation of it all. But also too, like when it's said and done, being able to be proud and be, okay, it's finished. And also having the ability to allow yourself to come back later and pick up the flaws you see in the piece that we mo- we might always kind of slowly see. But we're like, oh, I didn't do that or I should have done that or I could have done that or taking a piece from a year ago, redrawing it to see where you know your skill has advanced since then based on the same material that you've done. Um, you know, has your style changed? What's changed? Has anything changed, you know? And see where you can go from there. That's always fun to do, to compare and contrast your different pieces from different time like so, point, points in life. So you'll actually look at a piece, see the mistake, and you're going to correct it even if it's been a year? No, I, I mean, it's good to do that. It's good to see, go back to your, your old pieces and whatnot and say, you know, okay, this is... Not the best, kind of like a potato, so let's make it into something nice. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, how do you admit to yourself that it it sucks? You can see it. You can just, you watch it, you see it. Like, even when you're done a piece sometimes, like, eh, it could have been better. But it's better just to complete the piece and move on and have that understanding. It could have been better, but don't fuss over it next move on to the next one you have to continue because if you're stuck on one thing forever you'll never really go anywhere you need to allow yourself to grow and you've exhausted your talent so far into that one piece you obviously have some areas that need to be improved on acknowledge that do your best to move forward and work on those areas and hopefully in that time within a year six months whichever you can look back you can re redraw if you want to if you're inspired 
and then you can compare and contrast. So you can kind of tell when you've tapped out your skill level. Yeah, you well, you you only have so much you can give and you have to continue to keep going. If you don't, you get frustrated, you get blocked, you get stopped, you get halted. And then that's a challenging thing to overcome too. Because as an artist, you have to understand failure is going to smash you in the face a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how it is. You need to like be able to have a thick skin and, and pick yourself up and like for your own good, for looking yourself in image, looking at your own art. Like we are not masters right away, but the joy is being able to take something that we are motivated from our minds, our hearts, our passions, and combine that into a way that we can put that onto paper for onto you know any medium and present that to the world. And then be okay with that and kind of move on with that. And if you have to come back, which you will probably, and which is great to do, to, to grow from this, the lessons that you've learned. I mean, it's... I didn't realize art could beat you up so much. How do you come back from it? It's... You'd be determined to, to, to battle yourself because you enjoy, you love it because it's expression. It's something that you um, you want to create, and regardless of your skill level, I think it's just something that everyone should continue doing because as we kind of do it more, and we we are evaluating. Our, our level of skill versus those around us. There's a competition there. There's a battle within ourselves. It's always going to kind of happen. Um, this happens a lot with artists anyways, because like they're doing this from their hearts and they're, they're really expressing themselves and they're like, you know, this is me essentially. This is part of me that I've, I've created from my knowledge and will it be appreciated, but to not let as much of, you know, that power and that energy you've put into one thing, let get the best of you when it comes to furthering yourself within projects, which can be challenging too because you spend enough time on thing, you, f- you kind of fall in love with it and you can kind of, you know, you don't always see the flaws, which is also the reason why you can look back at things after because when you are creating something, it's hard to see, oh, actually, this is a bit off. You get really, it, sometimes if someone tells you this, you're just like, well, I'm done. I'm done being an artist. I'm not going to draw for six months because of you. <laughs> and it's it, it's a bit of you're showing them your. I didn't realize you, you're showing them your vulnerability when you, you show them a piece of art. Yeah, yeah. So it's very much is it's a huge piece of expression for sure. And some people are like I just do this on the magazine, but some people take time to draw things that no one's ever seen. So. That's their, that's them, that's them, you know? So when you have that and when people are attacking those pieces, it's hard to, to get the skin to be like, okay, no, it's, it's, it's okay. I can come back at this. These creations I've made, um, there was something, so I'll keep them around. And then you kind of go forward, learning different skills, trying different styles and mediums and always having, you know, pieces that you've created in your mind it can be with writing too. Like if someone rips apart your writing, you know, it's like, that's hard. That's hard because it's like, this is a, a world. These are, these, this is, you know, people and vision inside of my mind that I've expressed for you to enjoy. And all you have is criticism. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's challenging. Yeah, it is. How do you take criticism now? I just try to roll, roll with it. It's like, okay, what, what is it? <laughs> like be, be honest. Cause, um, I know I'm not the best and like I can readjust and reassess and kind of like have new approaches. And that's what happened too. I had this, this other, you know, commission I was going for and they were like, uh, no, this isn't really looking like we wanted to. Can you do some stuff? And I, I just changed things like a uh, design after design was just changed just to make it work. And eventually it just snapped, but you know, it did. And it was something that I was able to be proud of. So, Oh, snapped in a good way. It clicked. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I clicked, sorry. Yeah, I clicked. Didn't, didn't snap, it clicked. It fell into place. Yeah, yeah, fell into didn't, place. Didn't break. <laughs> it's chaos, of course. How 
did you take criticism in the beginning compared to now? It's man, it's like learning how to swim, and someone's like pu- pushing your head under the <laughs> swim. You're like you're trying so hard, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you suck." <laughs> That's all it takes to crush you. That's all it takes to crush you. And either you can be hard headed and be like, "No, you suck," and you go at it, or you keep going. Or you take it to heart and you your egos battle a bit and maybe you don't pursue that. It's very challenging. You have to be very cautious when it comes to things that people are pursuing for the reason to express and just be open and just explore with their own talents and abilities. You have to be very cautious. And I understand now to be as nurturing as possible can't always be um, present because you'll have people, what's that? But to... Try to um, just express and expand those who you're seeing doing these things. Like, no, you know, add the positive vibes. And be like, this is good. Keep going. You know, like you're doing really well. I was there once too. You know, and just small, small little things you can do to help inspire and, and push people forward to be like, this doesn't happen. Don't fly overnight. You know, this doesn't happen overnight. This takes a long time. It's a, it's a skill. And it's not easy for them to uh, accomplish or achieve, but given time, practice, study, um, and being observant of things around you, you, you can get a lot from it. And it can you can create worlds, which yeah. is the best part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's how you would approach speaking to a new artist if you saw one of their pieces. Yeah, well, it's just um, you can try to help when it comes to the building blocks because if, if people can grasp the building blocks, which is something as a n- new artist... You don't want to do. You want you have fire in your soul. <laughs> you don't care about this, you know, the value. You don't care about the light. You just want to fire in your soul. You want to just get it out. <laughs> so you could just have to like allow that to happen, and then try to introduce projects that will grow the other uh, staples of the art as much as possible. Like, because once you like as much. And as boring as perspective can be sometimes, if you get something that is bang on with perspective, you can make things look awesome. You can make the best buildings ever. You can just do so many cool things with how like the camera is pointing. Where is your, you are now a director. You're a master of being a director. If you can, if you can really master that, right? Because if you can just like be behind the camera and make that look always bang on, that's, it's something that a lot of eyes can, can really just easily do and think of. But once you have it, you're like, boom, next, where we go. Okay. Yeah. Which is really cool. So, and then the same thing when it comes with that and drawing the body, because foreshortening the, the worm's eye view and the bird's eye view and all that stuff is very mentally taxing. Wait, what was that word you said? Foresh- for for Like foreshortening. So someone's reaching for something. Oh. To draw that to where the hand looks a bit bigger, but everything's following back. The, how the arm doesn't, it's like a little bunch yeah. of ball of. You know, it's just, it's but like, you still have to see some of the arm. You have to see some of the arm. And still. that's foreshortening. Like, where does that arm come into play? Where do I see that part, you know? So that's challenging because <laughs> it has to be in perspective to look proper. Or else, like you look like your giant hands or small hands or um, the body too, having that taper properly. It's very mentally, it still blows my mind. I, do, I don't have that mastered at all. But those are things that like, if you have down pat, if you can kind of, get those building blocks in place in your mind sooner in life, you're going to be a wizard. <laughs> yeah. So you can work on those fundamentals but they're, and then they'll become advanced. Yeah. But they're not, they're not really fun as much as. <laughs> no, no. Fundamentals, the, the foundation, the basics. Yeah. Well, I know, but that's, that's a, that's a, the fight too, is that the fundamentals with new artists who are just passionately driven by fire. Like, I want to just draw like, awesome guy from the TV show. <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, you know, other things you could work on, like, you know, everything really. Yeah. Um, and having lessons around those fundamentals to make the passion, inspiration, um, be part of that, these new artists, um, you know, like mindsets to want to do and, and also include those as well. That's where it's the fight or the challenge, right? Because some people just suck it up. Like, yeah, I want to learn it all. I want to master it all. And some people are like, no, I just want this. That's what I want to be good at. I'm just, I just do this only. 
but they it's don't like, realize there's yeah. just more to this art thing. There's more. You can gain more. And that's where I kind of was when I was growing up. Because I was like, no, I just got a pencil and paper. I'm fine. <laughs> so when did that change? <laughs> I was just like growing up, growing up through school, going to art and just, you know, just seeing those around me. It just slowly kind of happened. And then when things went digital and I went digital, being able to easily add any kind of color without consequence was a game changer. Because it's like, where's your where's your inking layer? Okay, there it is. Uh, add a layer on top of that, start coloring. And you, it's just a game changer when it comes to that stuff. So it took away some of the fear then. It did. Because you can freely just, away you go. But at the same time, I've done work with like markers traditionally, and that is also very rewarding. Super cool. Super cool stuff. If you get good with markers, like... You can do some awesome, awesome stuff. Or any medium, like watercolors too. I've tried watercolors. That's fun. But like, you got to have just like a technique for sure to that stuff. So so you can take any medium that you want to start on, start at the basics, and then sharpen it up over time. Yeah, yeah. With most things, if you just are really into like, let's say watercolors, you know, of course, absorb much, um, as, as much knowledge as you can from those around you or YouTube, etc. A lot of people will go that route. And then just um, allowing yourself to experiment and try and, and give yourself time. It seems that, you know, if you have a hair dryer around so you can dry that, that first layer faster and whatnot, <laughs> maybe speeds things up, but it's, it's interesting. And yeah. that's just the new little tricks of that medium, you know, versus maybe if you're working with some... Um, Digital, you can be like, okay, what tools do what? What where can I gain some some speed here and there, some shortcuts? And then if it's with markers, okay, like are the markers drying out? Do I have to worry about filling them with, with alcohol now? You know, just little things like that. So, what's a little trick that you've picked up that you still use? Um, I just will with the markers currently. I instantly found out how to fill them again, so I wouldn't have to always um, be buying new ones because they're like expensive. So you can just take an eyedropper and like a 99 proof alcohol and just basically remove the tip and then fill up the, the middle part. You just drop the alcohol in there and it just re it revitalizes it. And you put the tip back on and you have a full marker again. And the pigment stick is, pr is good for a good amount of time. If you just do that, that's what I've used for a long time so far just to gain on that. That's huge. You don't have to buy new markers, just a little 99% alcohol in the tip. Yeah, yeah. Just little, little hacks people use, which is handy. And because of the type of uh, marker I had, I was able to do it easier because I had a chisel tip versus like a brush tip. But brush tips are like, I haven't used brush tips yet, but they're very nice from what I can see. And you can have a lot of control. Oh, yeah. So, What's your preferred medium? Well, I, I like the iPad now a lot. But I do still love just dabbling in, just drawing and coloring with the markers or with, with watercolor, whichever, just getting messy a little bit and just having a good time. It's just, um, it's concrete, you know, it's just like a one-off type thing and you can't spend forever doing it. It's like it's done. Oh, there's you a know? time limit if it's a piece of paper. Um, well, you can give yourself an easier time limit, I guess, perhaps, with paper, depending so, like, I was making little magnets, and that was kind of easier for time limit because it's small little things. But then I like to, like, go get magnets, and I, you have to glue them on and, you know, cut them out and some of this. Like, all just handcraft stuff, essentially. But it was one more project that was kind of fun to tackle. It was, it was a, a fun thing to do, so. Nice. And I had to create it and draw and color, so, yeah. How have you found giving yourself time limits works? I like to take, like chunks of time off typically and just go go hard like i have um i haven't done the best since i've moved here and that might be a whole thing of like atmosphere and environment etc but then now being here again it just it's slowly getting there as my 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 space is coming to be more of my own but it has been challenging as of late unfortunately just to kind of make that happen but that's just a lot of things when it comes to distraction and the, you know. Yeah, you need straight up just the art, dedicated space. I need 
just to be able to sh put my earphones on and tell everyone I, I've I've disappeared for a while. Uh, <laughs> oh, just tell tell the people leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm very much always like, hey, come this and come do that and yada yada. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> All right, should we call it?